0: What second-round rookie might have a fantasy-relevant slot role this season? Where should Dalvin Cook be going in redraft leagues, and is it good to be a Melvin Gordon believer in 2017? Plus, a man who won seven FFPC leagues last year, Vince Staffolino, will join us to talk about his dynasty rookie drafts, his belief in Kelvin Benjamin, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a
1: math to play. Ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket all my
0: money spent So I get deeper, but still coming up for lunch So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents. Since I need money I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did Five, two,
1: three,
0: I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, still don't nothing move but the money, but now i learned to- Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books the that I made. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations. All you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com on the fantasy sports. Radio Network, I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, can Chad Williams offer you immediate production this season in Arizona, is a stack of Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns Advantageous and Revelations and 500 number 10 FFPC Dynasty champ Vince Staffolino shares his thoughts on Willie Sneed and how he cashed in 10, count them, 10 FFPC League's last season shout out to the chat room right now feel free to post any questions you might have in there if you want to connect with us on twitter you can do so at hsff hour at eric balkman or at david gerzak you can post on our facebook page at facebook.com slash hsff hour if you want to give us a buzz talk with us this evening give us a call 347-426-3682 that's 347 game over you can also email the show at our inbox, high football at gmail.com. If you do have any questions for us this week, now is the time to get them in our producer and mutual friend, Rob and our audio engineer, Bryce working very diligently here in this may weekend to get to all of those questions for us in the fantasy feedback segment in the final segment of the show. Uh, this is a, uh, exciting night, uh, for NBA fans and, uh, Turn less exciting as the Celtics failed to show up for a game as they are down by 44 tonight. I'm a, I'm expecting a jam-packed chat room tonight with the focus on fantasy football. FFPC rookie drafts have rolled on. They started off last week. A, a lot of private leagues had their rookie drafts, including the Blake Carrington Dynasty League. Dave and uh, was a very exciting uh, first few rounds. How did it turn out for you? You got to be happy overall with what you've uh, what you've added to your squad.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm crushing it, Balky. Are you, are, you, are you being sarcastic? I can't tell. You know, I did okay. I mean, I didn't have a first-round pick, so my first pick was the 202.
0: Right, and uh, I believe you promptly traded that pick to me.
2: That's right. I yeah. Actually, no, I didn't. I, I made the pick, and then we traded.
0: And then, and then you traded,
2: yeah. Yeah. You, you would, had to screw me first. Yeah, well, that's how I do it. <laughs> I took Juju Smith-Schuster on Balky, knowing right. full well that... He's been trying to pawn off Martavis Bryant yeah. on uh, Ron Meyer. Right, two-packer. or anyone. I mean, I anyone. sent out other other offers. I He's was closest t- with at two-packer. Been unable to do it, yep. so I was in front of him, took him, and then... Made a trade with bulky. So
0: let him package it up. Yeah, path of least resistance there to get some value out of that uh, Pittsburgh. And we're going to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster here coming up. But path of least resistance, not necessarily to get rid of Martavis Bryant. It was just to add Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, sort of protect myself there. I'm happy about it. It worked out. It was a good deal for you. It was a good deal for me. And I'm thrilled. So I've added in that uh, rookie draft, um, not that anyone cares, but I'm going to say it anyway, uh, OJ Howard, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh Marshawn Lynch and um Josh Reynolds so far. And I think I'm done because I traded my fourth round pick.
2: Yeah. So Lynch was pretty cheap for you. I thought the Josh Reynolds pick was nice actually. Good. Yeah, I know you like the
0: Reynolds pick. I was actually uh looking for taiwan Taylor there and you took him two picks before it got to me. Uh but so I I really I was jealous of that pick, so it worked out uh worked out nicely. Okay. Um let's uh before we get into the show tonight, just let's take a uh quick uh, question from the chat room. Jay Berg wants to know, is fantasy Twitter on drugs? Why the hate for Michael Thomas and the love for Mike Wallace? I have not seen this on Twitter. Yeah, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Michael Thomas, to me, seems like an easy guy to rip on right now because everybody can say, oh, he's a one-year wonder. He wasn't even a first-round pick last year playing with Drew Brees. Every- him highly. Everybody's going to focus on him now, the defense, because there's no Brandon Cooks taking um, the, uh, the weight off him. I
2: think he's in for a, a still
0: a good season.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: he shouldn't have any problems. He'll get just a zillion targets. So. Yeah, he should. Yeah, And uh, Mike Wallace, I, I don't want to, you know, because this goes to your whole, let's not talk about these teams with crappy offenses so much. There's a lot of, of, of playmaking opportunity in Baltimore. Not a lot of playmakers on the team. Let's just see how this thing plays out
1: before we get into Good that. point.
0: All right, moving on tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I want to uh, – bring your attention to uh, a new feature with the FFPC. You can create your own league. If you wanted to create a classic draft expert, super flex, what have you, you have that ability now, and then you can uh, contact your buddies. And as long as they have an FFPC account, they can join up that league with you. The payouts are the same. It'll be a very exciting time for anybody who's interested in uh, creating a league to their own uh, maniacal whims and uh, taking advantage of your buddies. It's the way you play fantasy football, and hopefully you do more of that at myffpc.com. More details uh, on the forums there, as well as the uh, main event, Early Bird. We are counting down to that. Only 12 days left to get that uh, discount on your Holy team. Bulky.
2: No one's going to sign up until like two days before That's And then everybody it. does. So it always happens. Deadlines create action. Yes. Chris will be inundated as usual. And uh, there's nothing we
0: can do about it. It's okay. You know, joking aside, make I'm sure that if you are drafting live or uh, for any of the events out, out in Vegas, make sure you're getting
2: hooked up with this room
0: discount. We don't want these to run
2: out. We don't want any problems. Yeah, don't stay at the motel. 6. Yeah, get the jockey club.
0: Get hooked up. Stay on the strip for cheap. Uh, Planet Hollywood. The uh, the link to do that uh, is is on, again on the forums, the FFPC blog. It's all over the place. It's on your league pages. Uh, Greg Sidoris is uh, once again
2: they great'
0: doing a fantastic job of taking care of all the FFPC players for that. Uh, so definitely check that out. And, of course, if you wanted to draft, live high-stakes leagues out in Vegas, Dynasty Startups going off this summer, draft experts,
2: classics, super flexes, all myffpc.com. They have spaces, but, of course, our draft here sold out right away. This is our, the first draft. What do you mean? The draft that we're broadcasting on Blogs Talk Radio and on Fantasy Sports Network, the draft the Football Guys draft. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yes, uh, that's another thing I didn't even mention. The Football Guys Players Championship kicks off on June 4th. That's only a few weeks away, a couple weeks away, actually. So uh, check that out, too. And uh, that Wait, league is
2: that
0: league is filled, but plenty others are available. Uh, so check that out. Pick your time and date now. Ladarius Green was released yesterday, according to Adam Schefter. Given the concussion issues that Ladarius Green had, Dave, this wasn't surprising that Pittsburgh decided to move on. Uh, so Jesse James is going to be the starter there in Pittsburgh. If you own him in a tight end premium league like the FFPC, is he a safe cut in Dynasty?
2: Or are you done with Ladarius Green? Yeah, you definitely should be cutting.
0: Is there any value in Jesse no. James or oh. any of the other
2: Pittsburgh tight ends? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's you know there's starting tight end in the NFL. I would say Jesse James has the best shot to break out. Okay.
0: Does this maybe not necessarily the, – maybe the fact that we're kind of throwing cold water on the Pittsburgh tight ends, um, I mean, there's some value at Jesse James. Does this accentuate? Guys like Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, and Juju Smith-Schuster.
2: Yeah, I mean they're gonna get more targets. If I think that's where the targets, value but, is. Yeah, there, it's, more, it's gonna be, gonna actually get some some, some luck.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean Antonio
2: da- Brown might get a few more targets. Well,
0: yes, if that's even possible. Let's uh, bleed in. Uh, this bleeds into our our next topic here, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster having the size and ability to be a uh, potentially successful slot receiver in the NFL if Pittsburgh wants to play him there, uh, according to ESPN.com's Steelers reporter Jeremy Fowler. Uh, Smith-Schuster has the hands, he has the catch radius, It looks like he could be a very good possession receiver in the NFL. And if he is going to be the slot receiver, obviously taking over for Eli Rogers in that role for Pittsburgh this year, um, it might actually take some targets away from Martavis Bryant. Darius Hayward Bay is still uh, bumming around Pittsburgh trying to catch the ball. Antonio Brown is a super stud. You look at the ADPs for these guys, Dave, it's going to get closer as the season goes on. But Martavis Bryant right now going at the 705. Juju Smith-Schuster in drafts. Since the NFL draft has been completed going in the 24th round so obviously he's not even being taken in classics he's only going in draft experts leagues i gotta believe more people will be taking smith schuster higher and i think martavis bryant is because of this in this hip injury uh news that ed bichette revealed on the radio uh this week uh maybe his adp actually falls a little bit
2: further as well it might you know and actually that might end up being a little bit of a value to actually take bryant as much as i hate to say it at the 705 no i'd saying if it drops, if, if he, he drops, drops into like the ninth round or something like that then i'd be more interested looking at him
0: you're looking at a receiver in the ninth round, he's probably like your number four or five. So, I mean, then you're, as far as a risk-reward goes, it's almost foolish not to take him there.
2: Yeah, and you can always grab Schuster later. But the thing is, you know, Brown gets so many targets. But... I think there's definitely a role for a number two receiver that right. can, they can make hay in that offense.
0: And one other guy we should bring up, too, on this. I mean, obviously, Le'Veon Bell is going to be the centerpiece of this offense. Well, maybe not the centerpiece. Dual centerpiece with him and Antonio Brown. He's going to get a lot of looks as well, and this is only going to help him. Chad Williams signed his four-year rookie deal yesterday. Financial terms not immediately disclosed according well, we're, to... We're giving out contract terms now. AZCardinals.com. Con-
2: Contracting.
0: No, we, yeah, just, just that he signed. We don't know the in- information. The news
2: is light today.
0: He was, uh, and remember, Chad Williams um, was at LSU. He got charged with marijuana and firearms possession. He was suspended for a game. He uh, later transferred to Grambling State, was not invited to the NFL Combine, but this guy has become a darling on draft Twitter. This is a lot of, uh, there was a lot of love for Chad Williams as the uh, cycle came closer to the NFL draft and even post-NFL draft. There's a lot of people, yourself included, that is in on Chad Williams. Now, you look at this Arizona receiver situation, it's clear to see that Chad Williams has an eventual path to playing a pretty big role in that Arizona offense. What about year one? What about 2017? Is there anything there with John Brown uh, in his sickle cell, with Larry Fitzgerald supposedly on his last legs, with J.J. Nelson being very inconsistent? Is there a spot for Chad Williams to be a redraft guy right away?
2: I don't think he'll be very impactful year one. I mean, I think he's just going to learn behind Larry Fitzgerald, which is a great person to learn behind. Uh, I, you know, I don't think people were all that th- knew much about Chad Williams before the draft. It was it took like it took the Cardinals drafting him that early. Not that no one knew anything, but he wasn't really hyped up that much. But afterwards, and then listening to the comments from the Cardinals uh, front office is really what, what's done it for me at least.
0: Yeah, uh, they love him. He fits what Bruce Arians wants to do there. I think the question mark for Dynasty is who who the quarterback's going to be there because they kind of missed out again. On uh, QBs this year, and Carson Palmer is maybe on purpose. Uh, well, because they're looking for somebody next
2: year. Yeah maybe, yeah, maybe they just didn't like didn't like the crop of this crap. You know, I re- that's funny.
0: I read um, last year, or or I heard from somebody that last year Arizona was actually looking for a quarterback, and they didn't like um, the the current crop uh, last year. And then this year, they didn't like the current crop. So then next year, again, you always hear this. Maybe they're a little too picky. Maybe they are. But shouldn't you be picky with your franchise quarterback? Um,
2: Well, eventually you have have to go out with somebody. You have to to go on a date.
0: Yes. It seems like at this point, you know, a week or two after the NFL draft, everybody reveals their way-too-early mocks for 2018 or for the following year. And it always seems like they put way too many quarterbacks uh, in the first round. Well, this year's no different, um, but, but, there, but it is a loaded quarterback class, again. I mean, yeah. we, There's a guy from Wyoming who's supposed to be very good. Uh, Josh Rosen well, right. from so
2: UCLA is supposed to be good. The Miami guy, he was going to come out possibly, but he only had one year of experience, right? Uh, Brad Kaya came out this past year. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's it must be.
0: No, I think you're thinking of the Wyoming guy. That's why you said Wyoming. I, I thought Miami. you said Miami. I did not. Okay. Well,
2: I repeated what you said about
0: Wyoming. Mark the tape. I swear you said Miami. Anyway. Right, go ahead. So anyway, uh, and then there's another guy that, oh, um, Lamar Jackson, uh, the former Heisman Trophy winner, is another guy, too, that will be going uh, fairly high in the NFL draft. So there is a uh, a lot of juicy talent there that we're looking at for uh, 2018. So maybe Arizona finally finds their signal caller of the future there. Uh, Philly voices. Jimmy Kemski sets the over-under for the newly signed Legarrett Blount's rushing attempts at 170. Now, last year in New England, Legarrett Blount had 299 carries, which did not include the playoffs. So uh, 170, yeah, you're it's going to be quite uh, the drop off the cliff. Uh, it's just over half of what he had last year. Doug Peterson – has said uh, since uh, signing LeGarrette Blount that his offensive game plan will not change from what it was last year when the carries were split up among the Eagles' backs. Of course, you remember last year Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles, Ryan Matthews. Uh, Matthews had 155 carries last year. Uh, Seemingly, that's what we think LeGarrette Blount, that's the role he is going to be playing in Philly this year. If the Eagles are able to play in uh, closer games, maybe Blount gets as high as uh, 200. Unlikely, Dave, that he is going to have another 1,100-yard, 18-touchdown season uh, but if you look at this, maybe seven eight hundred yards, maybe seven eight touchdowns, seemingly doable, and just not a whole lot of pass catches there for Blunt.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's since he doesn't catch passes and he's not, he really makes a lot of sense. They're not going to use him like they were, like they did in New England. So if he's going to get this many carries, I really see no upside. I don't really see a reason to even to draft to look at drafting him. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to get? Like, okay, seven hundred yards. Let's say you get eight touchdowns. So that's seventy points. Eight times six, forty eight. So now you have what? What is that? I mean, it's, it's, it's just, like, it's nothing. The 118. 118. Yeah. Sucks. yeah. Maybe, okay, maybe he gets 10 catches for 70 yards and 17 more points. So 135.
0: You know, and, and then you look at the other backs on Philadelphia, you know, Sproles and, and Smallwood and, and Pumphrey. You know, if these guys get hurt, I, I can't see that Blunt like, fills any of those those roles, like steps in and, and maybe he becomes a, a pass catcher for those guys. Yeah, I, Pumphrey I, I, would take
2: the Sproles role. Probably, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and vice versa. Like I, ju- it just doesn't make a, a whole. There's not a whole lot of upside with Lagar garrett Blunt here. And I'll tell you this: if you already drafted and you already took Sproles or Smallwood or Pumphrey late, I think you're fine. I don't think that any of those guys' value has changed that much since the Blunt signing.
2: I mean, I guess if there was one player I would draft, it'd probably be Sproles just for the pass catching, and he, you know, he's still going to get. He's he's he might actually end up being like an R- a low RB two just by the nature of, way, of, his, of his game. I mean, what was he last year? He was probably, like, in that range, right?
0: Yeah, I didn't think he was in that range. I don't think he was quite a top 25 guy, but I could be wrong. Um, the other thing, you you, you got to look at what Philly did in the offseason. They bring in Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, and, and you still have Jordan Matthews and, and Zach Ertz. There's, there's a lot of vertical passing weapons there. Darren Sproles would be a big part of that game plan. Did you see it? What was it? Well, he was 23rd last year.
2: 23rd. So we were, like, right there. low like We a were, yeah,
0: RB2. Right, right in that range.
2: Yeah, Listen, exactly.
0: you and I, right here. We got right? down, baby. We are literally sharing one <laughs> brain on this show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, 2016 FFPC Revelations champ and 500 Dynasty Number 10 champion, along with five other leagues he won in the FFPC last year. Vince Staffolino is going to drop some science on us. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hopefully your rookie draft went well this past uh, week, past couple of weeks. It went pretty good for myself, Eric Balkman, and my co-host Dave Gerzak here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. We're going to find out how his rookie, or our guest, how his rookie draft went as we quiz him about that and much more. I want to uh, bring him in right now. He is a 21-year veteran of fantasy football and a loyal ffpc competitor since 2010 he had his best season in the ffpc last year by cashing in 10 leagues his success was highlighted by winning championships in seven of those 10 leagues most notably by taking the crown in the ffpc dynasty 500 number 10 and the 150 classic revelations league please welcome into the show mr vince Staffolino. welcome in man vince are you there Sort of. Wait, I, I, I sort of hear him, too. I know there's somebody there. This is it Vince Daffolino? Hey, guys.
1: Oh, beautiful. Oh, They're
0: come, coming through clear a, as day. Listen, I was a little nervous that you were you know, maybe a, a Boston Celtics fan and just taking your frustrations out uh, on your phone tonight. But uh, we're so glad that uh, you've joined us uh, tonight, Vince. So this is quite a treat for us. Listen, tell the listeners what you're doing when you're not playing fantasy football for a living.
1: First of all, sorry for the audio problems there to start out. And I'm actually a Cavaliers fan, so I'm pretty excited. But uh, when I'm not playing fantasy football, I'm a sales manager for an automation company. We supply automation products and engineered solutions for pretty much any industry, Uh, anything that keeps a manufacturing plant running, basically. And I manage nine people, seven salespeople and two engineers, so I'm looking to hopefully increase my staff to 10, so it'll feel like I'm managing an FFPC lineup at work. But uh, right now <laughs> I've got nine good guys working for me, and uh, it's going pretty well.
2: So your job is pretty much to uh, to to get rid of as many jobs as possible for the for the companies that you're going to, right? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, <laughs> cost savings are <laughs> a big deal for us.
2: Mr. Staffolino, we need to cut a thousand jobs. What can you automate for us? <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right, Vince. I'm going to ask you um, some a real fancy question this time. So you cashed in ten FFPCs, ten FFPC leagues last year. You won seven. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, you know, maybe you had a health little. You know, your guys stayed a little bit healthier than normal. But did did you do anything differently, differently last year than you would have um, in maybe previous years?
1: In my DE league, Draft Experts, I focus on running backs very early went running back heavy and the common variable in the ones that I won was having Ted Ginn and I know that doesn't sound like a big deal but I think for the DE format he's perfect and I don't know if that was just you know blind luck that he was on my four winning draft experts but I think there's definitely a correlation there to the success
0: Vince I I'm curious when you you mentioned Ted Ginn because he is the type of guy that players these draft experts players love to go after these big play receivers uh that you never have to worry about when you're starting them because if he has a big game he's going to be in your lineup were there any other receivers like Ginn that you took last year that you're maybe a little disappointed about because they didn't perform as well and maybe is there a guy this year like ted ginn or maybe it's ted ginn again uh that you've actually been targeting as a big play receiver that could help you win a lot of de's again
1: well, Philip Dorsett comes to mind, I think, early in the uh, in the process, you know, late February last year. I took Dorsett on a few teams, and he obviously was a bust. Uh, this year I'm looking at Kenny Stills. I think he's a really good one to grab when you can. I think he had, what, seven or eight touchdowns last year. So he can definitely pop a big week for you here and there.
0: Yeah, Miami paid him big money, Dave, and uh, he was a big play guy still, very young too, and uh, you look at who's ahead of him. Uh, underachieving Devontae Parker, a guy like Jarvis Landry who doesn't run the same routes as Stills. Stills is a guy that could be big in DEs this coming year.
2: What about Le'onte Carew? Le'onte Carew. Is he still playing? Uh, yeah, he's still in
0: the NFL. He, he's still there. Hey, don't you, you think about <laughs> speed streaking down the field? What I mean, Julius Thomas is the first guy that comes to my mind too. <laughs> Plenty of guys like that in Miami. <laughs> no
2: so, thanks, Vince. You were you were the revelations title holder. I don't know if you guys had, you know, relations, you guys are kind of quirky. Do you have a belt or anything that you guys pass around every year?
1: If there is a belt, I haven't been told about it, so somebody's holding <laughs> out on
2: it. See, what you should have done, actually, it, well, what happened if you win again this year, you should then create some sort of, like, traveling trophy and then put your name on it, and, you know, at, get, your, get your name on it, and not, and then, you know, maybe put the other other winners from beforehand, and then you can just have bragging rights for
1: all these years. So who's going to be in charge of that? Well, whoever is the winner, of no, the champ is. It's listen, kind of like the
2: Stanley Cup. Listen,
1: if there's one guy you so do not want to, to put in charge of
0: this in Revelations, <laughs> it's Zeb Cap. Do not let Zeb Cap create <laughs> yeah, the, you don't want the trophy.
2: Want to, you don't want to know what he's going to do with that <laughs> thing and where he's going to put it. Yeah, or where yeah. it came from. All right. So let's talk about your draft in Revelations. <laughs> you're, you're the champ. You uh, drafted Dalvin Cook at the 401. Were you, were, you, were you targeting him there, or was it just more like a bust running back available uh, case? Well, there
1: were 14 running backs gone, and I really didn't like anybody sitting there. And I was thinking about Alshon Jeffrey, but then I'm like, no, I want some of that rookie running back action. Uh, He wasn't my favorite, obviously, but I think he has a chance to break out. And then I kind of targeted some other backs later that could cover me. I think I got Derrick Henry, uh, seventh or eighth round. And then I got the Woodhead-Dixon combination, I think, that's pretty safe too. And then I got Joe Williams later. Which is another breakout candidate, obviously, and then Sproles as a nice safety net player. So I think I got a lot of options there to complement my nice receiving group and Delaney Walker.
0: Dave, did did you say that you have, you have? I I feel like this is what your um, theme on the show regarding Delaney Walker is. I, I I I've never liked him. I've never drafted him, but I can't pull
2: Colt too many holes in his game. I've just I've never. <laughs> I, you're right. I, I've never really liked him all that much. I've never drafted him, and he always does pretty well, and that's fine. I just feel I'm I'm okay with not owning Delaney Walker and him continuing to do well because he's getting a little bit older. So every year it's just like, yeah, maybe he's not going to do it this year. Football guys always rank some high. And I'm always like, ah, screw that. If someone else drafts him, they do well with him. That's fine. I'm okay with not yeah. quite getting that 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 player. Vince
0: Staffolino is our guest tonight, the FFPC Revelations Champ and FFPC 500 Number 10 Dynasty Champ. I want to get back into the uh, to the dynasty aspect of fantasy football here, Vince. You're you're wearing the crown of the number 10 500 league. Congrats. To you on that, how have uh, how has the rookie draft for you not only been going in that league, but the rest of your dynasty rookie drafts as well? And do you see yourself, or have you seen yourself acquiring some of the same rookies in multiple leagues?
1: Well, in number ten, I, I pretty much traded away all my draft assets last year to, to build the team, to build a champion, and I picked at the four twelve this year, and actually just traded up a couple spots yesterday to get Aaron Jones. So. He is uh, somebody I'm pretty positive about because of Ty Montgomery's injury history and, you know, Jamal Williams is still unknown. I know he seems to be the higher valued player over Jones, but I'm feeling pretty good about Jones. In the other leagues, I I got a lot of Chad Williams and Kenny Galladay. I think maybe too much. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, In another league, I grabbed Kareem Hunt and Deontay Foreman, where I have Miller and Ware. So I got the uh, double handcuff action going there. So, a lot nice. of roster spots, but uh, I think that's a pretty good play, good way to handle it. A double handcuff
0: action, that usually costs quite a bit in Vegas, Dave. Listen, uh, the other <laughs> thing I wanted to uh, ask you about, Vince, with, uh, with your Dynasty Leagues, um, a- as far as um, uh, trading up uh, to get Aaron Jones, this is an interesting Packers running back situation that we're looking at, not only for Dynasty but for redraft as well. Montgomery's injury history, you mentioned, obviously Jamal Williams is a bit of an unknown, but he's also had some injury problems uh, at at BYU. You look at Aaron Jones, if he is uh, the type of guy who could rise to the top of the depth chart by necessity, if the Packers need him to be, could he be the type of guy who could touch, you know, have 15 to 20 touches in a game and maybe carry your team for two
1: or three weeks? I think so. I think he can, you know, definitely can catch the ball as well, which in that offense is huge. Uh, I think it would be be one of those late season push types players, especially in weeks fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, where you see him ripping off twenty five points a game. You know, there's always a guy that that happens uh, upon us every year that carries somebody through the playoffs into a championship, and I think he could be the guy. Definitely
0: could be the guy. I'll tell you who needs the guy right now: the Boston Celtics. I mean, Cleveland has their third No one cares about your stupid up NBA. I can't but Vince does. He's a Cavs fan. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's just insane watching he it. Even, you know,
2: he doesn't need to watch it.
0: Vince, let's shift back to uh, Revelations they, they're here. They're covered tonight. Um, this, uh, speaking of, uh, of teams I'm a fan of, Florida State, Kelvin Benjamin was your third receiver that uh, you chose at the end of the fifth round. Uh, why are you not concerned, or necessarily that concerned, about his underwhelming 2016 and his reported
1: overwhelming weight? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the weight is an issue at this time of the year. It's it's really early. It's only May. He's got time to get into shape. And I think that one thing he has going for him that the scale has nothing to do with, and that's his height. And I think Cam, you know, traditionally throws a high ball. And Cam I think is just gonna to continue to be the same player. He's gonna look for Olsen to get out of trouble and he's gonna throw those high passes that only Kelvin can catch. And I think you, know, you got McCaffrey uh, and Samuel there as well. But I just don't see the dynamics changing too much in their offense. And the red zone targets are huge with him. And I think if Cam is backing off of carrying the ball, Benjamin is, is going to be who he's looking for naturally. So I, I think he's a great pick at the end of the fifth round there.
2: What do you think, Pops?
1: Well, I mean, I was just thinking of
2: Florida State guy well
0: i I was just thinking it's not necessarily about Benjamin, but like just thinking about you watched all these mock drafts that happened you know throughout you know since February on, and so many of them until April came along had Leonard Fournette going to the Panthers at eight and I just think you know the fact that they took McCaffrey there um and then took Curtis Samuel later kind of shifted what what that offense could have been this year had they taken fournette instead i mean if they if they take fournette there, they probably don't. Take Samuel, and they're more of like a hard pounding uh, running team that uh, uses Olsen underneath. Now, this I'm, year, you know, what
2: I don't know if I buy that. Well, I'm just saying, I, I buy though, they wouldn't take Samuel because it's a four net.
0: Well, I, I don't know how much their skills complement each other between those two. Anyway, with Benjamin,
2: what? Don't give me that look. Well, i mean, McCaffrey and Samuel, Samuel's skills. Everyone's talking how they overlap too much.
0: No, I, I think they did this, the yin and the yang. They're the, they're the perfect combination.
2: I love that in that offense. No now you, you have
0: a direction. They're
2: both wearing a red dress. You, you, yes. Caps a wedge red dress and you know so is his boyfriend. You have
0: Samuel McCaffrey both <laughs> moving in the same direction on this offense. You put Fournette out there with Samuel, and everything goes crazy. Like nobody knows what the hell is going on. Are we a ground
1: and pound team? Are we an electric
0: up and down team? Who the hell knows? Vince, now what do you know. think
1: about this? I just really don't see them changing. And I know a lot of people are going to think Cam's going to start dumping the ball. I just don't see it. So I, I'm thinking status quo with Benjamin, Benjamin further removed from the injury and, you know, him and Olson being the, the primary targets. So you probably
2: don't really like McCaffrey that much, especially for redraft purposes and possibly even for dynasty just due to that. Is that
1: correct? I took him in one dynasty league where I had high pick. And I'm I'm pretty stacked at running back there, and I'm I just thought about trading down. I'm like, no, just in case I'm off on my theory here. He's a nice hedge to have. So that's what I do a lot too with multiple dynasties. I'll I'll take a guy in one team and then hedge on another team just to protect myself. Yeah, Balky bulky
2: does that a lot, and I, I I do think I I do agree, especially like when it's one of those guys like a McCaffrey or like Fournette, let's say. Um, or even like Dalvin Cook, for example, I wasn't a huge Dalvin Cook guy, but I actually drafted him in one league. Right. Um, just because it's like, okay, if he's awesome, I don't want to be like the total moron. At least I'm like a moron in like ninety percent of my teams.
0: Well and, and I'll bring this up too, and I'm not gonna name the player, but you said to me in the midst of all these rookie drafts and you're also doing a startup uh, I've totally missed on on one guy. This one guy, I haven't we should, gotten him.
2: You should, should talk about him tonight. I don't
0: want to talk about him because what if somebody snakes him because they're listening to this? Well, I, I draft? I I own him now in one league. So and now I, we can I, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, okay. So you just tell me the story today,
2: or repeat what you told me. Well, I was just uh, you know, and then we'll ask you about this, Vince. I was right. just mad because I hadn't drafted Joe Williams at all. You know, the this uh, the guy who quit on his team and then he came back and he's and if you know, like they're saying, you know, my cousin Vinny, the two Utes, he's a Ute from he Utah. is a Ute. Um, put, know i read the monday morning quarterback article mmqb and if you look it up mmqb um you know joe williams utah or whatever and just google it and it's just amazing i mean like the team was like infatuated with joe williams and he wasn't on their draft board and who's the who was it the that had the dream about him i, I can't i'm missing his name now
0: kyle shanahan
2: yeah it was shanahan it was like totally wanted to draft this guy and you know, convinced the front office to take him. He had a dream about Joe Williams. I think he said he had a dream about him. I'm trying to remember, and remember, we even before the draft even happened, they were saying that Carlos Hyde doesn't really even right. doesn't really fit the offense. Yep. He kind of sucks. I mean, they hate Carl- they, they hate Hyde anyway. Yeah. Vince, what do you think about Joe Williams? If you don't like him, I'm not gonna be mad at you or anything. So just go ahead and tell me.
1: I really have no idea about Joe Williams. I, I hear the hype and I've taken him somewhere, but I know for sure that I would never draft Hyde. In a DE, that's fine, but never in a in a regular format. And I think Kyle Juszczyk might lead lead that backfield in points. You never know. So he's going to have a big role. Actually,
2: to to bring up another player, Matt Breida, B-R-E-I-D-A, free agent, supposedly he was doing really well in many camps. And this is how advanced FFPC is. I'm going to do a, a non-humble brag. All right. This, this is our players. This guy emails me and he's like, hey, can you guys add Matt Breida? I think that's how you say his name. To the database, he's not added yet. I'm like, okay, sure. So I email the guys at you know Big Game Software in Sports Data, who's the NFL's official data feed people. They didn't even have this guy in their database yet, so we had to create him out of thin air. Wow! And put him in there. So we're we're head of sports data. We didn't have it. to create him, but his the digital yeah, he's representation around. of it. Now he's a, now he's a fantasy available fantasy asset.
0: Thank goodness we have great listeners like Aunt Jemima in the chat room who read my mind. We're burying the lead here with San Francisco running backs. Tim Hightower (laughs) is still floating around Ah. the league in 2017, and he's another guy who's back there. I mean, and you never know, like, what's going to happen with this. Week he always is doing something. Well, yeah, I mean, clearly that's what's going to happen. Hyde and Williams are going to get hurt. Uh, Obviously Hyde will. And then uh, Williams will just say, you know what, to hell with the Niners, and he'll quit on the (laughs) team. And then uh, you'll have Tim Hightower and Kyle Juszczyk just crushing it for uh, people who are in the fantasy playoffs. I, listen, and along those lines,
1: don't forget, about, don't forget about Sean Dron in New York now for the Giants. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs>
2: Just, <I'll>,
1: listen, <laughs> so, we, this is like, this is like we, a coaching tree. We, we always talk about the,
0: like, how the death of running backs and how once you hit 30, you're worthless, and, and once it, all this tread is on the tire. Clearly, there's guys who have been underwhelming options their entire careers in the NFL that have carved out a niche role that they can essentially play the running back position until they're 50.
1: Yeah.
0: Hightower so is the president of that club. Just keep getting a minimum deal
2: contracts so and keep playing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, Vince. One Fresh, more revelation question before our break. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. One more revelation <laughs> question before the break. You had an interesting stack selection. You took Marquise Lee in the 17th and then Mr. Five Years $40 million, Alan Hearns in the 20th. Well, one of these guys emerge as Jacksonville's number two. I know Lee actually did emerge as Jacksonville's number two last year. Um, or what do you think is going to happen with it? Do you think Hearns might uh, take that back over
1: I've always loved Hearns. I just think he's a tough player. He seems to be pretty passionate about his game. I know he's had some injuries. And I think that that offense is going to be improved with, obviously, Fournette and the new regime. I don't think they can go anywhere but up. So I think late in the draft like that, I'm like, okay, I'll just get a nice piece of that offense. And it's an either-or thing. I can watch, and I'm hoping it's Hearns. I'm rooting for Hearns, but I'll have Lee and – by the time it all sorts itself out, one of them could be good drop fodder for a bye week, or, or maybe both of them, we'll see. But I think it was a just a sensible thing to do at that point in the draft with with what I think that offense could end up doing. Yeah, the great thing about that
0: is if one of them doesn't merge or if one of them gets hurt from now until then, you will have that opportunity to cut one of those players, a player you only invested either a 17th-round pick or a 20th-round pick uh, to pick up a hot free agent uh, when uh, the first waiver wire run comes. So smart Thinking by you, Vince Staffolino, you are uh, a fantastic guest so far. We are going to pick your brain on two Packers revelations analysis of your team. When we come back from break, uh, always great stuff from two Packer. You don't want to miss it. Eric Balkman, oh, Dave boy. Gerzak, HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back in a minute. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman. He is the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. And we are joined by Vince Staffolino, a man who won seven FFPC leagues last year, a uh, the 500 Dynasty number ten and the uh, 150 Classic Revelations among them. Uh, very lucky to pick his brain as far as redraft and Dynasty goes tonight. And Vince, um, obviously, you've been participating in Revelations for years. You had the uh, the title uh, that you've carried this all off season. You are protecting the belt. This year, as the kids say, and uh, two-packer, one of the competitors, usually one of the competitors in the Revelations League, always has his world-famous write-up that he posts on the FFPC message boards, uh, and he actually broke down your team, and I wanted to read his analysis here and get your opinion on it. Uh, Vince, your team was named Iced Coffee, uh, which the listeners need to know for this uh, this uh, analysis, but here it is, and I quote from two-packer. Great. Iced coffee. I just want to start by saying I hate iced coffee, but I like this team. My boy Nick Manderfield loves it, and when he orders it at the local coffee shop, he order as I'll have the Ron Meyer. He's a bit of a Richard Cranium, if you know what I mean. Obviously, he went to the school or Ron Meyer in punting the RB position. I believe Ron had a few scotches while he was writing this. Starts the draft with Jordy, Dez, Delaney, Dalvin Cook. Seriously, a rookie with a bad combine and offensive line is your RB1, exclamation point, exclamation point. After then mental lapse, he gets back on track with Benjamin, Crabtree, Woodhead, quote-unquote comeback player of the year. Derrick Henry, who I love, love, love in Dynasty, plus to throw some salt on the woods of this league, he picks up the Ravens' darling Dixon and Mr. Throw-for-5,000-yards Cousins definitely a top three contender to win it all. But due to the team name, I hope he comes up short. That is two Packers analysis of oh, Vince's all team. Fun. Vince, do you think this analysis is spot on? Do you think you're a top three team in this league?
1: I definitely do. And I appreciate that he sees that. I don't like that, that he's slamming iced coffee though. I mean, it gets you going and keeps you cool. How can you not love that? But, uh, <laughs> Actually, I you know, I agree with him. Maybe Cook was too early, but I kind of talked about that earlier in the interview here that, that I wanted a piece of the, the rookie running back action, and I got it, and we'll see what happens. But I think I'm well covered, and, uh, yeah, the review's fair, definitely fair. I'll take top three to start the season.
2: Yeah, who wouldn't? So speaking of iced coffee, are you aware that Starbucks is now offering coffee ice cubes for only $0.80 cents more events? I did not know that. That shit, that news broke yesterday. We break break regular news too here. I would
0: say almost (laughs) exclusively regular news and not really any fantasy news.
2: Do you think 80 cents is too much or is that
1: okay? I'm going tomorrow to try that. I hope they have it here in (laughs) Ohio. That's awesome. I would too. Like, I, because. Is, what, if, what if they don't have it yet? Well, I mean,
2: where's wh- the
0: ice cubes? Who knows how that's going to work? But I, eventually, it's going to it's going to uh, come to a Starbucks near you. That is great though, because when you think about that, you drink because I do you drink iced coffee,
2: Dave. I do, but I I I drink it at home. I don't go out to. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, that's not it's, that's not hoity-toity to drink coffee at no. home. It's that's, the opposite. That's fine.
0: So anyway, so <laughs> whenever I when and I granted I don't drink iced coffee a whole lot, but when I do. One of the most depressed because I drink iced coffee a lot faster than hot coffee, and when you drink the iced oh, coffee, there, there's always a ton of ice in the bottom. I'm like, what do you do with the ice? You know, it's just I know you love to chomp on it. Um, and I, what does Vince do? Vince, what do you? Do? Vince, yeah, what do
1: what do you do with the ice? Do you pitch it? What do you do? I'll just leave it in my console, and then when I get back about to my car, it's melted a little bit, so it's like you're getting more iced coffee than just a little
0: bit lighter <laughs> though.
1: Now It's called second
0: drink, yes. Yeah, so and now you have the, the coffee melt coffee, and coffee. you have fresh coffee.
2: <laughs> Freshly percolated, <laughs> melted coffee. It's That's, almost like a glacier melting. You know, it's like you're getting it all back. Yeah. Uh, listen, right, let, yeah, let's, yeah, let's get it all back to fantasy here, Dave. All right. Vince, you've already done a bunch of satellite drafts this year. A bunch of people that are listening have not. Uh, what has stuck out to you differently in 2017 that, uh, you know, didn't happen last year or the year before?
1: Pretty obvious thing, and it's that all the rookie running backs are going way too early, especially before the NFL draft, and we didn't even know where they were going to go so it's uh something I avoided doing, and I'm, I'm hoping that pays off for me, other than that, everything seems to be standard you know standard strategy that people employ for ds. have
2: you seen much of the have you seen the abandonment of the zero uh, RB theory or is that still kind of going on?
1: It seems like it's a half and half thing. You'll see a few teams that'll take, you know, the big, well the big 3 up front obviously and then everybody after that grabs the receivers. What's interesting, it's kind of off the topic, but the super flex drafts where the where the quarterbacks are going, how early they go, how some people start with three quarterbacks in a row and then try to recover from that. I'm really liking the super flex format. I'm trying to do half and half in my DEs this year, half regular, half super flex i got to love the Superflex, the bring, bring, making making quarterbacks
0: great again, Dave. It's a new format
2: for us, but I, really, I love it, actually. Yeah. I think it's pretty
0: cool. Hey, and if uh, you want to get your buddies to join, create your own league, myffpc.com, <laughs> Superflex.
2: Always hey, pitching. Hey, listen, Vince,
0: we we have some – normally what we do is we'll – I'll go through the emails that we get in for the guests that week, and I'll like handpick a couple that I think are good that can help out a lot of people. This week we're going to do something a little bit different. Because I had one emailer send in um, one, one, two, three, four, five different questions, and uh, nope, nope, nope. I think they're all pertinent, and um, they're from actually uh, a guy that everybody knows on this show, uh, Zeb Kapp, your uh, Revelations uh, competitor, a guy who has uh, played in a lot of FFPC leagues, and I just figured he would uh, he would um, have uh, full reign.
1: Get the filter
0: out of your, uh, of, of picking your brain tonight. So he writes in, hi Eric.
1: I'm shocked that it's him, Eric. I'm really, really shocked. I can't believe it. <laughs>
0: yeah. But bring him on. Yeah, I know. Color me, <laughs> color me surprised as well. Uh, hi, Dave and Eric. Here's a few questions for Vince. All right. And feel free to, um, blast through these questions, uh, as fast as you want. Vince, would you rather have butts? X, Jackie, <laughs> Knopf, or Jenny? Talia as a fantasy team name, or or uh, no, I'm not going to say none of the above. You got to pick one of the three.
1: I'm probably going to go Jenny Talia. I think it's uh, an underused, undervalued name. A I lot heard of, of the awesome first X going on out there, so steer <laughs> away from that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. That's that's a little bit overused. I didn't even know Jenny Talia was a thing until now. Like I I, I just <laughs> reading this for the first time. Um, speaking of Jake Butt's ex, do you think Butt's ex would be dirty? I've actually considered changing my last name to Butt and getting a divorce, so my wife has to be referred to as Butt's ex. That's really the ultimate in, in divorce revenge is if, uh, if you change your name so that uh, your ex is always referred to as that. Anyway,
1: dirty or not dirty? I think that could, uh, that could actually make getting divorced pretty fun to you know, have that revenge <laughs> factor, but um, yeah, I'd say not dirty. I'd All right. Not that. dirty. Did not see
0: Vince going that way on that one, but this is why we read them. <laughs> Which group me chat do you prefer 500 Dino league number one or two fifty Dino league 69. You come across as the type of guy that likes Dino league 69. Yeah.
1: You know, Dino 69 has a lot more people in it. And I think, you know, the more the merrier for a, a 69 chat um 501 is our uh, kind of old guard group and all those guys are in the 25069 group with some other guys from other leagues so i'd say 69 has a lot more action going on right now yes for sure and you only need two to make it
0: exciting uh, okay let's bring it back to uh fantasy <laughs> here this is uh a, a zeb's fourth question several months ago The highly regarded Brown franchise traded you a late 2017 second rounder and Willie Sneed for Jameson Crowder. This was prior to the Cooks to New England trade. I think you got the better end of the deal now that Cooks is gone, but I also think Ted Ginn could match some of Cooks' production. You know I am a Sneed lover. Send me an offer for him. You know you want Cameron Brayton Richard Matthews for him. Give us your bold prediction for Sneed's twenty seventeen production. Does he outscore Ginn or Fleener by more than two points per game on average? So to to big picture this, your forecast for how Willie Sneed finishes twenty seventeen.
1: Willie Sneed is going to be a top eighteen WR. That's my prediction. So a, a oh. mid range two. And That's I'm
0: so, not sure. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I figured that much. Um, Sorry, my, but Michael Thomas, is he a top 10 guy? I mean, are the, is this just Bafo production for New Orleans
1: for their top two guys again this year? I believe so. I Even with the extra backs that they have now with uh, Kamara and AD, I just don't see it happening. It's going to be. Brees lighting it up as normal, especially at home, and I think he's got uh, three. I don't have in front of me, but three other dome games besides the games in New Orleans. So I, I do see Thomas as a top ten, and Snead as a mid two, and again having some big weeks here and there.
0: That's interesting. I, I hadn't really considered Willie Snead a whole lot this year, and, and I mean, not what? that. Well, I mean, not that I like you know just. Right, ignored him either. I just hadn't really thought about him as, as being dynamite now that Cooks is gone but certainly, and I, you know, obviously my soft spot for Kobe Fleener, even though I'm off him this year
2: certainly is uh, preventing me from uh, loving Willie Sneed as much as I, I should. I think that you know, they like Sneed enough that that's I know that they were having problems with Cooks, but I think they felt really comfortable not having Cooks around because they thought Snead could actually pick it up.
0: And they get a first-round pick to help the defense. So it, it, uh, it worked right, out.
2: As usual, it won't work for them. <laughs>
0: Their
2: Sneed, defense will never get better.
0: Well, Willie Snead, Dave, I just don't – obviously you can't see this. Guess where he's going in FFPC drafts right now.
2: Um,
0: seventh round? 6-12. So good guess. 612 is his ADP right now. So that's interesting. That could be a very, very good value if he is a top 18 receiver. Final question from Zeb. In closing, would you rather negotiate a trade with Bip Lab Mandel while hungover or a divorce settlement with your smoking hot wife?
1: Oh, wow. That is a tough one. Um, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I'm going to pass on that question. <laughs>
0: Just not not only looking out for the well-being of his marriage looking out for the well-being of a potential trade partner in no, mandel. You don't
1: make Bip Lab mandel right yeah right you don't uh I'm, I'm hitting that one right down the fairway laying up easy. oh
0: there you go uh zeb finishes got a card game so i won't be able to listen we'll enjoy this tomorrow zeb so thank you for the email zeb and all the questions dave i believe we have one last
2: question for vince all right vince our final one so we need a so this is just redraft we're doing this time, right, boss? That is correct. All right, we're looking for an early-round bust this year in FFPC redraft and a late-round sleeper that you're going to have to spoil and give to us, and you're somebody you're going to want to try and nab as many drafts as you can.
1: Well, my bust is somebody who is extremely talented, but I think as the years go on, very unreliable, and that's Julio Jones. Just the uh, the injuries scare me, and I think that he's always going to miss time. And I just don't want to be vulnerable to the time that he misses. And it might be when it's really important in weeks 12 and 13 and in the FFPC, FPC and 14, 15, 16 and other leagues. So like you said, love Julio. He's an incredible talent, but I just, I think this is going to be the year where he misses even more significant time. It's just a feeling that I have. Mr. And as far as, yeah, as far as, um, I'm going to have to go with Ginn. I know I've mentioned him throughout the show. I'm a Buckeye. i Buckeye alum, so I love <laughs> Teddy Ginn. But not just because of it. I really think in that offense, you know, he still has the juice and the Jets, and I just really see him doing good things, and I think he's going to return a lot of good value from where you can get him. So, so you know, uh, let's bring up Curtis Samuel a little bit. Do you
2: think he's going to be the new, the young Ted Ginn coming out of the same school?
1: No, I don't think so. I really don't think we're going to hear much from this year. <laughs> Interesting.
0: He's a boss. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Vince, very entertaining, very informative tonight. You've uh, suffered through Zeb Cap questions, and uh, for that you deserve a Congressional Medal of Honor. Nice job there. Thanks. Uh, I want to thank, thank you, you for uh, coming on the show and wish you uh, best of luck in all your leagues. Congrats on the success you had last year, and here's hoping to making 2017 even better than last season thanks so much for coming on the show man
1: thank you very much eric and dave and one one last thing i just want to say a quick prayer to the patron state of fantasy football to get indiana fixed because i'm moving there in two weeks thank you yikes okay
0: well which we are on that the uh you know sbfsta.org go to there donate we're going to do what we can for indiana see what uh see what's in the cards uh, for
2: that stage, so
0: very good stuff for, from uh, from Vince tonight. Are you surprised about the Ted Ginn thing,
2: Dave? A little bit. I, you know, we speaking of something we haven't heard much of. I mean, yeah. very little about him. But it does make you makes some sense actually. This guy's still got some speed left. The uh, the other thing
0: that I thought uh, was interesting, and not not necessarily of, of what Vince said, but just I was thinking about Julio Jones the other day, and I never really owned him before last season, and I had the two pick in a Kentucky league, I think. It, yeah. Cause it a Kentucky main event. And I'm like, you know what? I've never owned Julio Jones before. I'm going to draft him here and uh, just see what all the hype is about, <laughs> you know, cause I've good never, place. I've never, yeah, exactly. Just try it out. I was yep. like, I took him for a test drive and you know what? I'm good. <laughs> he is, he is not the receiver for me. I'm going
2: to, he's, fantastic. I mean, he, he's, he's really very great. I just, and he,
0: and he, it was fun for a few weeks I'm like oh my god 36 oh All my weeks. god 39 you know
2: I mean we see you played most of the season
0: yeah but but not even in the weeks he played I mean there there was some clunkers in there too which was well, which I'm, was frustrating um and apparently. I mean some call lunkers. if put the clunk in clunker so I don't know I for me I I think he's uh, he, and I know that uh, Wayne Ellis um in
2: the chat said that
0: he loves Julio Jones this year I, I don't know how many teams I'm going to uh to have a Julio Jones. On. You
2: know, you know, you're totally right. Actually, speaking of clunkers, I mean, this is. I didn't really realize I didn't own him last year. So, uh, you know, he had a two-point 6 six-point game, a four-point 9 nine-point game, a five-point 9 nine-point game, a seven-point 5 five-point game, and then missed weeks fourteen and fifteen. So that's like one, two, three, four, five, six games out of the sixteen that he effectively didn't show up. Right. I mean, he was phenomenal on the other games. Seventy-six catches for one thousand three hundred thirteen yards. And five times? Why he, he? never scores that many touchdowns. How does this guy, when you're six three, two 220 pounds, not score ten touchdowns? I mean, seriously. I, I'm I'm with you. And and the other thing to
0: keep in mind with Julio is is Julio Jones is when he does get hurt. I think he has a tendency to not want to miss time. So I think he grits that out more than you'd really want him to. And when he plays hurt, he doesn't produce. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Then I mean, he's a lot. Of, he's like. A,
0: and you never really know. Yeah. Oh, so frustrating so and there were times he's, D,
2: he's just a decoy where he's just stood there
0: yeah he I maybe i
2: couldn't find the word decoy in my vocabulary maybe it's because five seconds
0: maybe because he's a de pick this year <laughs> just don't worry about uh starting him he'll play when he's ready uh that is going to do it for our vince Stefalino segment great stuff from him we're going to take a quick quick break when we come back we'll answer all of your emails coming up here on the high stakes fantasy football hour on the fantasy sports radio network The HSFF Hour rolls on here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak, the Dizzle, and we are answering your questions now. now. A question for Eric Daver, tonight's guest. Send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Sorry about that. I, uh, <laughs> just, yes. just checking an email. I got it from uh, trying to book a guest for next week. Uh, I just uh, got confirmation that guest will not be able to make it. unfortunate. Uh, he, 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 well when, when you hear who it is, you'll be like, oh, damn it. That would have been awesome. Uh, he's going to come on in a future week. Uh, let's get to emails here, Dave. First one, dear David Balky, I've done a bunch of FFPC sats so far, and the top three seem to be Johnson, Bell, and Elliott, but the 104 is usually different in every draft. Who do you prefer there? Beckham? Brown or Evans. That is Bruce in Detroit, Michigan. So there's a few different ways to look at this as uh, electric as Odell Beckham has been the last couple of years. I think he's in the conversation. Antonio Brown has been the number one receiver in fantasy football for, I don't know how many years in a row. And then Mike Evans, a guy who's getting, and I don't have my final figures on this, believe he had over 700 targets last year in October alone. So I think that you have to look at him as a potential one Oh four, 171, 171 targets. I was a little off on the 700 in October. <laughs> so you look at Beckham, Brown, and Evans. Who's your favorite to go at 104? If if the Dizzle is picking at the 104,
2: I would take Antonio Brown. I just I like the consistency, and uh, I'm not as big of a Beckham guy. I do like Mike Evans actually quite a bit, so he would be really uh, he's a close second for me. Brown's the type of guy
0: like if you want consistency, go with him. If you want the guy who really could be like the number one overall player in fantasy, Mike Evans has that upside. Could do it this year.
2: And overall player, I don't, I don't quite see it. No, well, you never know. With as many targets as he gets. I mean, David Johnson had 410 fantasy points last year. Right, but
0: you also have to look at the yeah. possibility that – not even the possibility, just the, the legitimacy that running backs tend to get hurt a lot more than receivers too. So there yeah. is a shot at it.
2: I'm not saying David yeah, – okay.
0: I'm not saying that he's going to be. Right. You're not going to bait me into an I got five on at
2: this, but you yep. never know. Yep, you never know. That's true. Anything is possible. Chad Williams could be the number one receiver in fantasy for all we know. Not possible. (laughs) Sonny in Medford, Oregon. By
0: the way, that was Bruce in Detroit, Michigan. I don't know if I said that. Sonny in Medford, Oregon. Thanks for the email. I haven't heard you guys talk much about Wisconsin's own Melvin Gordon. Is he going to duplicate what he did last season? Thanks, guys. You look at uh, the Chargers. They've had uh, a lot of changes go on with that franchise since the season ended. They moved cities up north to Los Angeles. And uh, they added Mike Williams. They have uh, – uh, who was the other guy that they, that they got in that offense? Uh, anyway. Um, oh, Keenan Allen. They're getting Keenan Allen back from, yeah. from 2016. Basically, ostensibly missed the entire season. A lot, of, a lot of changes on that offense. They still have Henry uh, Gates, Travis Benjamin, um,
2: they didn't really get rid of him. They just keep, Tyrell keep Williams. keeping guys. Yeah. They keep adding guys. Yeah, they keep adding guys.
0: So, what does this do for Melvin Gordon's prospects this year? To me, this guy sniffs a lot of uh, regression to the mean.
2: I think he'll be all right. I mean, I think he's going to get a lot of action. I don't, I don't love, love, love his talent, but I think he'll be okay. I don't want to get into a whole conversation
0: about touchdowns with you, with <laughs> Melvin Gordon, but he had a bunch of them last year. Now, maybe that doesn't change. Danny Woodhead, well, Danny Woodhead really didn't play. Uh, at all last year either, um, you know with, when he had the injury. So, you look at Melvin Gordon; they haven't done a ton in the backfield. Uh, nobody really competing to to be the starter. Can you take a guess at where he is going in FFPC drafts right now?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, and, and and here's I feel the, like i am getting close on these
0: guesses. so I'm going to have to botch one of these soon. Well, I mean, you botch it, you botch it. And then would you take him there?
2: Uh, I don't know, two ten. He's actually going at the 112 right now. Oh, seriously? So it's, it's clearly enough. way too rich for he didn't you.
0: His way up. Well, no, maybe just, by a round. You were,
2: you were just asking where I think he's going. I mean, it doesn't mean right.
0: And, right. And so if you think he is at the 210, you would not be investing a first round pick into him or a you, turn pick. You
2: asked where I thought he was going. I know. You asked what no, I thought no, of
0: No, no. That's the second part of it. Right. Now I'm asking that. I'm just assuming that you would not be willing to pay that for Ooh, Melvin who are, my, who are my other choices in that same spot? It's uh, like, a good question, Dave. That a
2: DES type guy I can.
0: Have... I'm sure a Des type guy would be there. As I load up my little website here, of course it's uh, not loading. Okay, so at that you're looking at Devontae Freeman. Uh, okay. Jordy Nelson. Yep. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. Uh huh. AJ Green.
2: Yeah, AJ Green. you know, that's sort of I, that I, area that I have to You're... spend a little bit of time on. It, cause those guys are all not that. I mean, they're not. They're all totally different players. Um, yeah. So well, I mean, I, the, I, I, I th- really haven't set rankings to that part of the draft. Right. I mean, I, like, I don't mind Gronk. I don't mind AJ Green. And just in a general sense, Devonta Freeman. I don't mind him either. Yeah. I mean it seems like that's not a bad part of the draft, I guess. How about that?
0: Gordon, yeah, it's definitely not. Gordon, uh, right in between McCoy and Freeman as far as running backs go I, I right have,
2: now. I'd have to also see what kind of running backs are out there like the three twelve, four one and the five twelve, six one turns. So if I'm right. looking away from Gordon, I'm having to have to kind of go down to the three and the four you know, the next couple of rounds to make sure I can actually get a running back I like. So. Would, would you would you like to get into that? Not right now. Okay. But I'm just saying right. I 'cause I could do it. <laughs> I'm willing to do it. But <laughs> Should we structure my whole? How long have we got here? Should I just go through my whole draft strategy if I had the eleven pick?
0: Well, let's. Uh, you're right. Let's slow roll that out uh, this season and not not give because uh, they're going to stop listing if you give out the
2: whole Dizzle you strategy. You know, football guys start, you know, do articles like that where it's like, hey, this week's article, the eight pick in your strategy. Yeah, it's like yeah, I've okay, seen that. It's like, Oh my god, they're not the only ones to do to that. Read that. I know. There's
0: right. plenty of websites that do that. People are
2: looking for content
0: <laughs> to put out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then. Not to read. And then there's us. <laughs> Hey, let's just talk about your whole draft strategy in one minute We have important show. stuff to
2: talk about, like ice cubes that are $0.80 cents and made of, made of coffee.
0: But to me, it's a slam dunk. You pay the $0.80. Cents.
2: Yeah. You're already wasting 5 bucks on some bitter coffee. Why not waste $5.80? Chad in Texarkana, Texas. Is it
0: smart or stupid to take DeMarco Murray in the mid-second and then back him up with Henry in the seventh or even sixth? That is Chad in Texarkana, Texas. I think I know how you're going to fall on this. <laughs> Why are you investing one roster or one fantasy output, fantasy source into? Why are you investing two roster spots into that, two you know premium roster spots into that in Murray and Henry? Or do you, or is the smart play just take one or the other?
2: Yeah, I mean if I if I like Murray, I would take him, and then if Henry was there, let's say his age, let's say Henry's ADP is around is like the mid seventh round, I would not go to the sixth round together. Seven oh nine right now. Okay, so if I had, you know, if I was like the 706 or whatever, and I drafted him at the 207, let's say, uh, I drafted Murray at the 207. Right. That's where I would look to take him. And if he went earlier, whatever, I don't care. See, that's interesting to me because I feel like when
0: we had this conversation with Arian Foster and Ben Tate a few years back, you were totally against, like, don't do it. You go look somewhere else. You know, try. I don't,
2: I don't think it was the second seventh. Though seventh was getting a little bit later. I
0: felt like Tate was up there. Maybe he wasn't that high. I don't know.
2: What did? Yeah, maybe. I don't. know. I don't remember. What was that year that? Uh, yeah, from Fantasy Alarm, reached for Tate in the fourth. Was that a different? Was he on a different team? Yeah, that was. Tate's I think Ben on different teams all across yeah, the league I, for was, multiple years.
0: Wasn't ago. that when Ben Tate was on Cleveland? Yeah. I feel like he was on the Browns then. The Jeff team. Manns took him in the fourth round. North, yeah. yeah, that was uh, entertaining. <laughs> that was in Pros versus Joe's too. So yeah. we got to like actually broadcast that live. Boy, did and, and rip on him. And he didn't call in. Big surprise. Smart. So, so let's. Uh, well, I mean, I get it. You know, you're not going to call in when you. We're seeing him when he's... I'm sure... Was no, he working no. I don't know. He might have been. I doubt it. Uh, moving on. Dear Tom and Deshaun, after last year's awfulness... Oh, that was a word. Is Hopkins going too high again this year? I'm not sure the end of the second is far enough down the board for him to return appropriate value. Keep up the average work. Leon in Freeport, Illinois. Thank you for the email, Leon. And congrats on getting larger. So you look at uh, Deshaun, or, uh, Deandre Hopkins getting Deshaun Watson or Tom Savage throwing him the ball. Both uh, probably significant upgrades over Brock Osweiler last year. Two twelve. Is that a good spot for Deandre Hopkins to be going this year? Because last year was like one hundred four, one hundred five, one hundred six. You're talking about like you know essentially eighteen picks lower uh, than where he was going last year. I know that earlier in the draft season, it seemed like Hopkins you could get sometimes in the third. I actually saw him uh, in the early fourth in one league. Um, but now it seems like he has, over the last two weeks or so, settled in sort of at that 2-3 uh, turn, which is actually the spot that was reserved for T.Y. Hilton last year. As we comically uh, pointed out in nearly every draft, uh, whoever was the one spot uh, seemed to get T.Y. Hilton at the 2-12 or 3
2: one So you look
0: at DeAndre Hopkins, Dave. At the 212, yay or nay on selecting him there?
2: Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, I actually thought I was going to say that I'm interested in doing that, but I, I'm going to pass. Actually, I'm gonna, it's going to be a hard pass. Hard pass. Wow. So hard went, pass. So you went from yeah, probably to a hard pass. What did you see? What did you look at? Well, first of all, I remember last year I thought that actually when he was with Osweiler, he was doing a little bit better. And Maybe I'm incorrect on that. But I mean, you know, he finished his WR 36 last year. Right. Uh, Will Fuller is a year older. He's probably you know a little bit better, you know, just as far as running right. routes and doing things. Right. I don't know. I mean, was there any secret injury or anything like that? Not that I'm aware of. I didn't hear anything. I mean, dude. I mean, a 212. That's a 24th overall pick. So that's like you have to be like WR number 12 or 13 or something like that to return value. And if you're in it, and if you're getting value, then you should probably want him to be like wide receiver six, seven, or eight. That's a pretty long journey up yeah. for him to get there. I don't think so. I think I'm off it. I, I'm not, I, why should, I, I know that he's performing. He's done it before. Why should I take the risk? He has to go back and, hey, I showed you. I, look at it, I knew Hopkins was great. He came back and he did it. Right. Big deal, you know, and by the way, I thought last year a lot of people were off of Hopkins because he had so many targets the year before, remember? Mm-hmm. Wasn't well, like he had like 190 targets? And he was like, oh, we're off Hopkins. There's going to be regression, this and that. So maybe Hopkins was already previously a little bit overvalued, and now he's still – you know, people still have a little bit of memory there. But they're still drafting him high. I was going to say let's play a would you rather, but I think you're going to say you'd rather have any of these
0: guys. Jordan Reed, you'd rather take there? FFPC? I guess. I don't like taking injury-prone tight ends. But... Okay, then let's skip that. Okay, Brandon Cooks, you'd rather have. Yes. Leonard Fournette?
2: Uh, yeah, probably.
0: Greg Olson, you'd rather have there. Yeah. Okay, here's one. Who would you rather <laughs> – this is so stupid because he wouldn't take either of these guys – Real life teammates, DeAndre Hopkins or Lamar Miller?
2: <laughs>
0: and I know you don't like either one. Oh man,
2: <laughs> uh, I'll 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 take uh, I'll take Miller. What
0: about Doug Baldwin? You'd rather have him, right?
2: I mean, yeah, it's kind of it, early to take yeah, him, but yeah, I, I never draft
0: Doug Baldwin, but I mean, he was like I'm starting he, to really warm up to him. Yeah, he always produces. Yeah.
1: Um, He's
2: he's just an awesome pro.
0: I feel like this is not the last time we're going to revisit the discussion between these two guys, given how they both were high draft picks last year and both really busted. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins or a guy who's going in FFPC drafts, seven picks after him, sometimes eight picks, uh, Allen Robinson.
2: You know, Robinson, I get behind a little bit more. I'm more of a a believer in Blake Bortles, actually, because I think Tom Savage is just terrible. And I think Deshaun Watson – I, just, I don't believe in him either, so I just feel like the, you know you have to look at the quarterback. I think if Bortles isn't getting drunk all the time, like that's the that's been the rumor mm-hmm. that he's working with these QB coaches. I think Bortles will have a little bit of a comeback season, and uh, and I think Robinson will be fine, as the you know, Robinson is the alpha dog wide receiver on that team. Right, I the think other guys are just picking up scraps. Yeah, that's totally true. Demarius Thomas, you'd rather have than Hopkins? Yeah, I know Demarius, you're. I, 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 I know, Demarius.
0: like I know you're a Thomas fan.
2: Yeah, he's a, he. Anyone can be throwing the ball. Leroy, yeah. our buddy Leroy, can be throwing him. Demarius Thomas will have 90 catches with Leroy. According. Right. Yeah, he's fine.
0: Um, if only he didn't drop so many, he could really have these balls. <laughs> I, the, I was the one who dropped. It. <laughs> no, I'm talking about. Oh, I wasn't a rip on you. De, Demarius Thomas, doesn't it seem like? He's like perpetually like 25 or 26 years old. I think he's like 30. I feel like
2: he's always 28, but I don't know how old he is. I,
0: but I think that's what he is. Like he's like 29 or 30 right now, and he doesn't seem like, he, to me, he's always like this uber stud that just.
2: Yeah, Thomas was 13th last year with, you know, whoever the hell. I don't even um, know who was throwing. Trevor Simeon was thrown to him last year. I mean, year. like, it's like, oh man, whatever. Yeah, he is now uh, 29. He was born on Christmas of 1987. Yep. I actually knew he was uh, born on Christmas. I don't know why. He, um, he and Jesus were born on that day.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you, you, <laughs> yes, you, uh, you have uh, maybe he's football Jesus. You have uh, definitely better options there if you want to. It's not like Hopkins is the only guy that, that has, uh, you know, the upside to win you an FFPC main event or something like that. There's plenty of other great guys there
2: with less risk. Yeah. Don't right. take Hopkins. That was a pretty. pretty we wanted. To, that was a real deep dive into Hopkins there. Well, it might be the last time we do it this season if if we're both off of them. Don't worry. Houston's bad enough. We'll be talking about them funny. Greetings. and yeah, that's very funny.
0: Greetings and salutations. I know Dave is a believer in Jimmy Graham bouncing back, but so are a lot of other FFPC drafters. He already is, bounced back. Is the mid-fourth too early or just right for Jimmy Graham? That's, I believe, Terry in Wilmington, North Carolina.
2: Thank I you, Terry. Like it's, I feel like it's just right, just like when the, you know, the porridge was not too warm or too cold. Do you remember? Uh,
0: oh, my God. I'll tell you a story about that. The porridge being too warm or too cold. So, my son, who's. Did you have some porridge? Please, who, no, please? no, no. My son, who's three years old, now he's. Last couple months, he's been on this kick where. His name is Lucas. Yes. He wants me to tell him, you know, I tuck him into bed and then he wants to hear a story. And, um,. So now i now I just kind of make him up with his favorite characters from his books and from t v and I just he's very smart I try to teach him a lesson from that day with using these characters when you and you tell stories he's very
2: smart and demanding well, he's
0: very demanding he's like, "No, and make sure this guy isn't it, and I don't want to hear about this, and it has to happen, and this has to happen it, it's got to take place here, but anyway, so before all this happened, um I was trying to think back of the stories from my youth you know and and the you know the fairy tales I heard. And, oh, I remember Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Oh, you yeah. know that one. Have you ever read the story of Goldilocks
2: and the Three Bears in its original form? Uh, you know, I don't know if I have. I don't know. If, is there an R-rated? Extraordinarily violent. <laughs> they snap her neck, Really?
0: Dave. Uh-huh. Yes. The oh, bear weird. snap her neck and she dies. Oh, I'm reading this off my phone in bed to him, and I'm reading, and like I get, um, my eyes are bulging out of my head that <laughs> I am not telling my three-year-old son that this bear got pissed off about this girl sleeping in his bed that she just, he just snaps her neck, and really? ki- I'm not telling her. I mean, oh my <laughs> god, it was so awful. So I had to. I don't even know what I said. I said, I made it like, like. Oh, you know, you were lost and we t- were taught to take care of people who, wow. you know, um, are, are, are you know, need help. And then they, had, they all had the right temperature porridge, slept, and then the morning came and they walked her back to her house or
2: something like that.
0: It was terrible. I'm telling you, it makes me wonder about all these other fairy tales that are out there right now that I don't know the horrific meanings behind.
2: You know what, Falky, I think you got to get off the fairy tales and go to like Looney Tunes.
0: You know, and you need an authoritarian character like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> right, yeah. We're not getting into Foghorn I Leg... said boy! Yeah, we had enough Foghorn Leghorn at work today. We're not getting into it tonight. Um, okay, so Jimmy Graham, uh, you say mid-fourth is just right. Sure. Do you remember how bad the tight ends were last year? Like, yeah, last it, year was the tight ends it, gone crazy bad. It, yeah. it was sort of like um, how the, the, the bar could not be any lower unless you're talking about what it took to be a... Um, top 12 running back last year because that, that was also equally pretty bad. Um, so you look at the tight ends this year, Jimmy Graham is the one, two, three, four, fifth one off the board behind uh, Reed and Olsen. He actually, if you miss out on Reed and Olsen uh, at that early or late second, early third, you can actually get Jimmy Graham in the early fourth. And then the next guy going off the board is Tyler Eifert at the end of the fourth. So Graham seems to be in that sweet spot. You're on board with that right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am actually. You know, Graham had a few stinkers though. It's kind of annoying. But I think I feel like every tight end did last year. That's true. I mean, everyone except for Gronk. Whenever he would, you know, Gronk's the only guy I know he didn't. What about do anything, Kelsey? Did Kelsey have some bad ones? Uh, he had a few, but not many. I mean, his I think his worst game he had a five. You were, right, I know, right. Greg Olson had a few too. Yeah, I mean, like the only when Gronk's healthy, I mean, he's the only guy who's always like he almost never puts up like a two for twenty type game.
0: You like Russell Wilson this year?
2: Sure. Okay. So here's what we've said on the show
0: so far in the last five minutes. We like Russell Wilson, because I do too. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham we like. Doug Baldwin we like. The natural next guy we're going to bring up that I obviously
2: like. CJ Proseis. Eddie Lacy. Oh. talking <laughs> about the, the fat one? Yeah. Okay. He's not fat anymore, Valky. He's down what is he, 253? You know what, what else? I, well, what I'm I, still fat. He, okay. he hit his first
0: weight qualifier for his contract, Two fifty three. The Seahawks want him to play in the mid-240s. He doesn't have that
2: much to go. Yeah, he could actually, you know, get diarrhea and actually be right there. Right, yeah, exactly. Have a bunch of tacos, you're good. Yeah, skip water for 12 hours. (laughs) Boom, done. UFC. Yeah. That's what I do.
0: Uh, Final email we're going to get to tonight. Uh, Craig in Dayton, Ohio. What do you guys think of taking Martellus Bennett in the fifth round this year? Is he a top 10 tight end in 2017 TIA? Uh, Thank you for the email. We like the Packers offense, but there's a lot of guys on the Packers offense we like. Maybe one less because I know you don't like Randall Cobb. Martellus Bennett, is he a top 10
2: tight end this year? No, the Packers tight end is never a top 10 tight end. and never will be. They don't throw enough targets at Packers tight end. They never do. We've talked about this in the past. It's always like 90 targets. It's not going to happen. No. So when's the last time the Packers had a tight end like Martellus Bennett? Who knows? Jermichael
0: Jermichael Finley? Boba Franks. Oh, did <laughs> you just gonna gloss over Finley
2: like that, Chimura?
0: Um, yeah, Chimura. Who was the other guy in the '80s? Um, that was, was oh, Paul Kaufman. Yeah, Paul Kaufman. And then yeah. after that, it was Ed Harris or Ed West and Jackie Harris. Remember oh, those yeah. two guys? Ed West, was, Ed West made a lot of good the fun. toolbox yeah. is what the kids called them back then. So okay, I think Martellus Bennett is a top ten tight end. You do? Gym. I do. I bet five bucks on that. I bro. would bet five on it as well. I didn't think we were gonna sneak one in. I got Martellus Bennett finishing in top ten uh, tight end for FFPC. I have him not. You're cool with FFPC scoring for that, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Great. And that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We end on a wager in preparation for the big Preakness Stakes tomorrow that we'll get to I'll lose streaming. thousands go. of dollars on uh, betting on all the races tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Super
2: effective coming.
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I want to thank Vince Daffolino. I want to thank Dave Gerzik. Uh, I want to thank the FFPC, Rob. Bryce, and, of course, all of you who, once again, uh, dutifully tuned in. Very cool of you to do so. Remember to make your Planet Hollywood reservations now. Sign up for the main event, Early Bird. Your time is running out on getting that deal. It is the best deal you will get on a main event team for the rest of the year. Draft now with the satellites and uh, all the Dynasty startups that are coming your way, uh, starting in a couple weeks, actually. Um, Scott Engel, the Fantasy Hall of Fame Hour is up next if you are listening to us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, Thanks so much. Enjoy the this tomorrow. Hopefully the Celtics get their act together. We'll get to see some good basketball. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again next week.
1: Tell me again the sound that engine is like a bird, you see fireworks they and cover tires go bull of. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See you see you see a picture one more Sally switch this
0: radioactive. Driver own March Moran fantasy.
2: Uh I don't think I, I played that. I haven't
0: played that long ago. Uh, but you own Finlay, right? Uh
2: yeah, Kyle Finley. Finley.
0: Okay, so you're a believer then not yeah, like no, you are never believers.
2: It's not the exact same people, you know.
0: You're totally right. And you know what? It's better. It's whatever.
2: <laughs>